If you just said this, right? I have to take out Harry Lang and other hundred of your candidate. I'd, I, I, <laughs> you said saying, that. What I'm saying is, I'd have to take out. Okay, I'll take out Conor Whelan then. Conor Whelan I, That's it. I quit. Subscribe to the GA Podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. Wednesday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Now, I'm very happy to say, often a difficult man to get hold of, so I'm really delighted to say that Owen Redden, European Cup winner, of course, Irish international, is with us to reflect on an extraordinary weekend, I suppose, the finale to this European season. Owen Redden, long time no talk. It's good to have you back on the show. Thanks, Joe. Good to be back, yeah. And... uh what a week to be, to be honest, I suppose a lot happened. We were just talking very, very briefly before we started there and you just remarked, man, what a weekend. And it was mm-hmm. extraordinary. So give us your overarching take on what O'Gara has done and what Leinster are to make of yet another close but no cigar season in Europe. Uh, yeah, I mean, on the Leinster side, I suppose, you know, all you're doing, you know, you focus on process, you focus on everything throughout the year, to give yourself the best chance of winning. But, you know, there's no contract that ever says if you do all these things, you definitely will win. Um, you know, and they've been through so many finals at this stage that there aren't that many lessons there for them in terms of, you know, how to win a final. You have to show up. You have to you have to know when to go for it. You have to know when, you know, um, when you're in the ascendancy and when you don't have to go for it. And, and, and I say that really... Um, there's, there's very, very few times when you're in a final when you don't have to go for it, actually, right? It's, it's probably the biggest, the biggest uh, lesson in, in trying to win them is, is knowing what that actually means minute to minute in a game. Um, you know, because on the one hand, it sounds like just go for everything and see what happens, but that's not really what it is. It's, it's, um, but a Leinster have been through that. And I think that the one thing that struck me uh, about La Rochelle was they did that. And, you know, they made mistakes and they threw bad passes and the body language after each bad pass was definitely, uh, you know, tap on the back, you know, uh, let's keep going, which was unusual for them and for French uh, rugby, right? There was no, you know, people losing the cool. Um, you know, their discipline was poor, but it wasn't, you know, apart from the apart from the free kick, apart from the trip, which was, you know, probably nearly cost them the game. Apart from that, those penalties were 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 very much kind of in the spirit of going for it, right? They were they were like at the heart of the breakdown. They were part of a bigger plan. Um, so I didn't think it was the it was the kind of indiscipline of old. It was more part of their plan. Um, and I think they got lucky in that the penalties they gave away were were so kickable that that Leinster couldn't really turn them down. Do you think that was deliberate on La Rochelle's part? We're willing to give you these three, or just uh, the way it unfolded. I think it was the way it unfolded. I, I think you know, unless rugby's moved on to a different stratosphere, it's it's hard in the in the heat of the moment to to think that clearly about exactly where are you are. I mean, in terms of the width of the pitch, even right. Um, and I think uh, you know they would have been going in there. I would have thought trying to be disciplined, um, like penalties, like you know being off, being off, being offside would have been a killer for them, or lying on the wrong side would be a killer for them. But they were almost prepared to take the ones where they were competing hard for the ball. And if they got that wrong, they were they were kind of, you know, that's part of the strategy of of really trying to bully Leinster and going after their rock ball and trying to slow it down as much as possible. So I think they got lucky in terms of where the penalties were. Now uh, that said, right, you know, given the way the game went, you don't know if Leinster had gone to the corner and scored tries, you know, how La Rochelle would have bounced back. They certainly had the right atmosphere, I thought, within their team 
to, to have that kind of attitude of they could have come again no matter what Leinster had done in my view um, I think it was a very much more evenly matched game than than as a fan um, I would have predicted um, I thought it would be closer than, than what the bookies had but I just didn't see it being that physical that hard for that long both teams being, being so close for that long So you make that very interesting observation about going for it so from a, a Leinster point of view, uh, maybe expand on that. What, what, what do you as a like, professional who's been there and done it in these kind of environments, uh, I suspect going for it is very different to like playing Baba's rugby. What, what do you mean by going for it? And were there instances where you looked at Leinster on Saturday and thought, ooh, I'm not sure here? Uh, no, I think they equally went for it, right? I think they've been down that road and learned that lesson. And going for it means, I suppose, it doesn't actually change like the Baba's rugby is this changing in decision-making, right? But, you know, for a hooker who's thrown the ball, you know, he, he's not afraid of giving it an extra bit of zip. Or for me, I'm, when I'm passing the ball to the 10, you know, I'm, I'm not in any doubt about what I'm doing. I'm giving that an extra bit of zip. So everything's just got a bit of zip, you know? It's not that I'm going to throw between my legs, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's having the kind of confidence that you've done the work, that today's the day to shine and show all the work and, and to go for... You know, to 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 not kind of take a bit off the pass because you know it'll get there and you know it'll be fine and no one will really notice. It's the day really where you you're absolutely buzzing and 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 going for those passes that you've planned in in, in training that in a match you think like uh, uh, Dante threw one or two where you just knew what he was supposed to do and you know was he going to go for it? The ball looked it like it was thirty degrees and wet and slippy. And he went for it, you know, and, and it opened Leinster up a few times and then a few times it went wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was probably their lesson, right? You had a coach who'd been there numerous times and lost in finals. You, you had, they had been through that last year. Um, um, and I think worryingly for me, it's, it's, I think they'll learn a huge amount from it. I think you, you can be, you can get away in some finals without having to do that, right? So, you know, there are ga- there are finals where you end up in and you're just that much better than the other team by the way the draw went that you can kind of win that final and, you know, and maybe you don't learn the lessons that, that, that other teams have to in finals. But I don't think that La Rochelle would have won that game without 100% the mindset for every minute of the game at the weekend. And I think they had that. And I think um, that's probably what got them there. I think Leinster had it as well. Um, but I think this time the ball fell for La Rochelle. Um, and, you know, I think worryingly with that, with that knowledge, like, I mean, you know, I, I was an eternal loser in, in rugby matches and finals until I was 24. And people kept saying, you learn a lot when you lose. But I remember the first trophy that I won. And I remember thinking, you know, you also learn a hell of a lot when you win. Um, so I'd be concerned or ha- whatever way you want to look at it. But I think they'll be a force to be reckoned with going forward. Um, you know, I think they'll have a belief and a confidence and a know-how um, with with a with a unique group of athletes. I have to say, um, in terms of size and power. So going for it, you're talking there about playing with a certain authority, going through all the things you do with a certain authority and intent, and and committing to every little thing that you're doing the way you have done for much of the season. So if we extend that point for one more question. Most of us onlookers would look at Leinster against Toulouse and I totally appreciate Toulouse were a very different prospect at the Aviva Stadium, tired a week on from the Munster game to La Rochelle. But that said, Leinster played with that real intent that day 
and we saw the shape you know what we saw Tyg Furlong in a pod and another pod out the back of him and options and people running at different angles and oof, it was all working in a kind of amazing harmony and one of, it was one of the reasons people thought that they would win at the weekend like I don't remember that barred the first 10 minutes I don't remember feeling Leinster were ever in that zone to any great extent and I couldn't work out was it something La Rochelle were doing in defence that made it difficult for Leinster to get those pods organised and to get that play organised or or was there a, a slight degree of, of, of tentativeness about Leinster? So there was a huge difference in terms of, you know, Toulouse and La Rochelle defence, right? Um, in, in I would say in, in nearly all aspects, right? I think one of them you'd be scoring, you know, nine, ten out of ten, um, you know, in terms of efforts for a final. And one of them and Toulouse would have been quite poor, right? Their defence was was not good. And even in the Munster game, like the more Munster held onto the ball, the, the worse Toulouse looked. Um, they look great with the ball, counter-attack, and that's what got them through, really. And then when Leinster played them, Leinster kept the ball all day and, and really showed up, like brought the game to the point where, where you know, Toulouse's weakest point was playing against Leinster's strongest point, which was the Leinster attack against Toulouse's defence. So the final was totally different in that, uh, you know, La Rochelle probably were, were defence was probably their number one their best tactic, right? They defended high, they were very aggressive um, and they were incredibly hard at the breakdown, which nullified a lot of what Leinster were trying to do, right? It, it, it disrupted their pattern, disrupted their rhythm. Um, it was harder for them to run onto the ball um, and then they were just, a few balls went behind, shoulders went behind, or sorry, passes to inside shoulder, which was unusual. But that all happens from rooks being a bit slower than you thought and guys taking off a bit earlier. Um, so I think you know, if Leinster had the game again, you know, they'd be looking at a few, you know, um, kind of one-off, unbelievably calamitous moments, which cost them the game. And they could explain away that and sleep well at night, I think, if it wasn't a final, saying, look, we did actually play it really well. But this, this ha- like, this bounced off, you know, our player and went into touch. And that was a, you know, goal line um, dropout instead of a scrum back. And then from the dropout, the drop goal bounces over Johnny's head, you know, lands short of the try line. So a few things happen, but I think if they had the game over again, I think that you'd see, you'd probably see, a, a, you know, an aggression like you hadn't seen before around the breakdown. Um, you know, that maybe, you know, that if you had the game again, you, you, you'd be tougher around there and more, you, you know, and, and kind of, you know, try and nullify that threat that, that Rassing had. I was or, sorry, that La Rochelle had was watching in the Virgin studio and then Shane Horgan half remarked to, to Rob Carney beside him. He was like, geez, you could imagine Shane Jennings out there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That kind of, that kind of um, mm. attitude, I suppose. And so, like, so I, I totally accept anyone who's making the point that La Rochelle won this by the skin of their teeth at the death. Mm. And there were a number of those odd rugby moments where it's sometimes your day and sometimes it's your not, it's not your day and these things happen. And so like, what can you say? Leinster still had a great season. I suppose where it gets interesting from a Leinster perspective is this hasn't happened the year after they've just won the tournament where you can say, look, what can you do? You can't win them all. This is now, I suppose, part of a small-ish pattern, four-year pattern where they might have felt they could have had a, a good go in Europe and two finals in there. So is there anything, is there any trend across the four that you would say, oh, that is, that is slightly worrying that on these big occasions after sauntering through much of the season, X, Y, or Z seems to crop up at these vital moments. Yeah, I think it is for me. It's it's it makes 
you know, it makes you realize how hard these trophies are to win, right? And I think for a while you can kind of fall into the trap where, you know, um, you underestimate that. Like, I mean, uh, you know, at the weekend, I just, it's just hard to fathom how flat it all was afterwards. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I do, you know, I don't think it's going to get easier to win these trophies. That's, I, I'm, I'm sure that I actually think the tournament could be headed for, you know, potentially a massive stage in world rugby in that I think it could become the tournament to win around the globe for players and maybe even to the point where you haven't won it until you've won uh, this medal. And that's to do with the South African players joining. I think the credibility of this tournament is going to go through the roof. I think the standard involved or the standard of play is going to go through the roof even, even higher. I think people are going to be bigger. It's going to be, um, it's going to be more physical. And I think that, you know, you'll see South African teams getting stronger each year now when, when as they join and play in this amazing tournament, which is already capturing the eye right across the world. Um, so I don't think it's going to get any easier to win. And, you know, we're still always battling, I believe. Like we don't really lose. Every time you lose a game at this level, it's always comes down to, you know, yes, come down to a few, a few, you know, calamitous errors, but you know the, the 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 trend that you see is usually around power and and size, right? Same with international level. So we're always trying to find ways of of you know keeping the ball and play longer, which which you know nullifies that sometimes. Um, you know, and coming up with different smart ways of beating that, and we'll have to continue to do that, right, for all the provinces and for Ireland. So that concern was there before the weekend. Um, it's still there. And um, unfortunately, I think this is one that just, you know, the last few minutes were, were hard to believe, right? What happened? And I think, you know, Leinster did a lot right this year in terms of getting getting everything right and giving themselves a massive chance to win. And and um, in the end, they didn't get there. But I, I think it's going to be harder going forward, actually. Um, and that's leaving aside disappointments and stuff, which I don't really, you know, I, I think they'll dust themselves down well. And, and there's enough variety around... Irish camp, Leinster, Munster. There's enough for the provinces at home in Ireland. There's enough different focuses for them to move on pretty quickly. Um, and they've had to do it a number of times. So I'm not too worried about that. Uh, by all means, shoot this down. But you're a scrum half, so maybe you've, you've experienced this before, potentially. But Bernard Jackman in his piece of the weekend was remarking on the fact that Leinster had slow ball by comparison with what they're used to. And for much of the season, we talk about Leinster, we talk about tempo and that blasts most teams away. And Bernard was just referencing, you know, the old, old training uh, drill that some coach uh, whose name escapes me now would deliberately impose limits on how quick the ball could be. So, you know, you, you can't take that out of a rook for X number of seconds and let's see how our backline take on a defence which is set. Would it be utterly ludicrous suggestion to think that Leinster might do that in certain URC games. We are going to play today with slow ball by our own of our own volition. As in Gibson Park, you're counting to three, you're letting the defence set, and then we go and and we practice at coming up against teams when we have very slow ball because it, that seems to happen in these big games against the very best sides. Yeah, I think it, it, it's probably moot point because, you know, the way the game has gone now and you look at Leinster who have the ball for whatever, you know, maybe 60% of a game, they're now, like teams now practice playing, you know, our front, fo- fo- front football and then they can also play off, you know, back football. So when they lose ground, they can still play and keep the ball if they choose to. And that's kind of what you're talking about, right? Because when that happens, 
everybody has to back up another 10 yards, right? They can't just stay where they were. They'd be too flat. So, and that's the problem with, with slow ball is that, you know, if you run too early and the ball doesn't come out, you get ahead of the ball, right? So it checks your run. Um, so I, I don't think, you know, I think it's more around ensuring you don't get slowed down, right? That's, you can't really, unless you go back to kicking the ball all day, you know, playing off slow ball is not really ideal, nor should you plan for it, nor should you, like, you shouldn't really be even doing it, right? So hmm. it's, it's, you need quick ball. And for years, I mean, I'm being on shows with you and, you know, everyone was freaking about why we were kicking the ball so much. And for years, everyone was just saying, we don't have quick ball. What do you want us to do about it? And that was the truth, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But we found a way to, to turn that screw in the last 24 months. So now you are watching Irish teams with, with quick ball and provinces with quick ball. And that's in an environment, by the way, where where defences are actually, you know, there's one person more in every defensive line now than there was um, and two in some cases than there was five years ago, right? So yeah. the game is now quicker against more def- more defenders you know, so people are getting better at the breakdown. I think you just need to keep pushing that, um, you know, and uh, I think really the answer is just to keep going after quick ball, right? Or else get better at kick passes and box kicking and catching again, which is something that, you know, mm. if I told you the plan is to get, go back to box kicking, I think even you as, as a presenter would be, uh, you know, throwing <laughs> your be, eyes up to heaven. I wouldn't so. be jumping up and down. But do, do Leinster need to almost um, make a plan for that day when the ball is slow? Because like so that, they is, have that, that is the plan. template. I mean, they, they 100%. Um, you've got players there who are well able to 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 um, to execute that plan, and they had them at the weekend, right? Um, right. So the so weekend what, was a unique set of circumstances, right? The, the, the flow of the game was because you know instead of Lancer having three minutes with the ball in the 22, yeah, La Rochelle gave away a penalty in front of the sticks that takes 45 seconds to get the tee on, a minute to kick the kick the kick, and then a minute to jog back. That's normally two and a half minutes of, of Leinster playing rugby in there. So there's a, a totally different set of circumstances. I'm not saying that you wouldn't do anything differently looking back at the game, but um, I don't think there's anything in there in terms of, you know, the, 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 the roadmap for playing off slow ball is, is, you know, can you turn it into quick ball by getting someone to carry or beat someone um, or kick it and get it back or kick it, you know, and find grass and get a, you know, 50, 20 or something, right? It's not, it's not like a new thing or a rocket yes, science. Yes. And I think it would actually probably be a regression to what we're all hoping for, um, no, that's, you know, that's, or what we've all been asking for. And, yeah. and to be honest, what the players wanted to do. That's very interesting. Do Leinster have enough bull, do, do Leinster have a go-to person, a, a, a Rocky Elsom type who can turn that slow, stodgy period with a big carry into something? So that's something that, you know, as an Irish team, you're not guaranteed to have, right? We don't have, we don't, genetically we don't you know have uh, have many of those players so um that's always an issue right so you're trying to do it a different way you're trying to beat someone or it could be a kick pass or it could be you know um now we do have players like so Robbie Henshaw is more than uh, capable of doing that for Leinster um you know and the one or two times that that's you know and that's that's where you know I suppose if you're picking holes you say well the one chance you did have you know in the second half there the lineup got stuck behind the nine, the nine hit behind the 10, the 10 hit behind Robbie. Like, so you end up with a, you miss that one chance, um, you know, um, to, to, to change it. And then we were here wondering, are those people there in the team? And I actually think the answer really is that you just need to be so unbelievably perfect to unlock the opportunity to do that. And, and Leinster probably, you know, I think we're good enough to win most days uh, under most circumstances at the weekend. But on this occasion, you know, if you're nitpicking, you know, there were opportunities that, that they didn't execute 
that would have got them that go forward play. Um, mm. And it wasn't because someone wasn't big enough, actually. It was probably because they just didn't execute the skill well enough in that moment. Which must um, be the most frustrating aspect of all for Leinster. Like if there's one thing they would have backed themselves to do, it would be execute those skills, make those passes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and I don't think, I honestly don't think they play badly, right? Um, yeah. It's it's And that makes it even harder. And it's hard, it's hard not to pick the one thing you have in your head that went wrong. Um, when you lose a final, but you know, I think it was a, it was an amazing, enthralling game of rugby, right? Um, and you know, I think um, you know, it'd been interesting to see. You know, I'd love to have seen. You know, I don't, I don't say when I look at the game, judging by La Rochelle's kind of efforts, I don't say for sure that if Leinster had taken their gone to the line out and played their own game and and. I don't say for sure Rochelle wouldn't have come back. I think that would be discrediting them a little bit. Um, I was impressed with their their kind of attitude towards the match for the whole for the whole eighty minutes. Um, for a team that hadn't been, I just hadn't been in that many finals, and they were up against a team who had massive knowledge about how to play finals. You know, and yes. I think that was the most impressive thing for me. Robin McBride has been speaking today, and he was saying some things that you might expect, like he was talking about the atmosphere in the dressing room after the loss. He said there was a 10 minute period where we were, where we were all in a circle, staring into space, looking at the floor. Not a word was spoken. Leo came in, said a few words. In fairness, he was trying to pick everyone up. Maybe that was the first time that everyone thought, well, we can't dwell on this too long. And I'm sure you've been in dressing rooms uh, like that. But further to our conversation, Rob McBride was saying teams have a blueprint in how they approach Leinster and how they beat us, slowing the ball down. And he said the first half ball and playtime was 15 minutes. Teams are going to try and slow the ball down, especially the teams that are physically bigger than us. He said there were a few uncomfortable meetings within the camp yesterday. We can't hide away from that. And, it, you know, it's very interesting you make that point that uh, when La Rochelle gave away a penalty, one, it was in a very kickable position. We're saying just the way it worked out. But also it, it stopped that two, three minutes, 20 phases that Leinster can take you through and, and take you into a place that Will Skelton doesn't want to go to. You wonder if... As, well, I, I'll put it to you this way. I'm sure, say you're sitting in that meeting yesterday because you are, you would be a senior player and always have had views on these things. Say someone poses the question to the group, like, I know they were in kickable positions, but shouldn't we still have kicked to the corner a few times? And even if we hadn't got a try, we could have taken them through phase after phase after phase after phase. We would have had more than 15 minutes ball and play time and it would have been us that would have come out on top in the closing 10. So... Shouldn't we have kicked for the corner more and turned down those very obvious three points? Discuss, Own Redden, what do you think? So I'd say even for me, you know, as a as a pundit now here, like that's a learning. So with information at the time, I would never have said kick to the corner. That's okay. the honest truth. Um, but I think having seen it happen, would I react differently against that team if I played them again maybe I would right but I mean you know it's flip a coin here right I mean I, I watched a lot of your coverage over over the um, Six Nations I mean and there'll be people going crazy about not taking points taking points there's so many different views out there right yeah. the most important thing is that you've got fifth and it's I'd say 23 but most importantly actually in the moment on the pitch you've got everybody who understands why you're doing what you're doing and buys into it and there's a strategy around it right it like you know, if it's kicked to the corner, it's because we practiced this 10 times this week and we're going to pull this off and we're all buying into that. And if it's because we're kicking our points, you know, it's because at the time of game, we trust our decision makers to make this point. And it's all understood. And, you know, it's not like a, it's not like a, you know, a, a big discussion at the time, right? It's mm. like, we know what we're doing and we're just going to execute on it. Um, so I think that might change. I think it's a fair point. 
um, you know, when, when there's when there's that level of maybe gap, perceived gap in fitness in the teams, do you actually t- turn those kicks down? I mean, La Rochelle turned down ones near the end, right? Um, and, you know, people beside me saying they should take their points if they want to win and they're taking scrums and they're not winning the scrums. And, you know, so mm. there's, there's, there's a lot made about decisions and then there's what happens after decisions are made, you know, and there's the amount of times in rugby where, for example, you know, La Rochelle turned down their points just as a counterbalance to your point. They took down their, they, and they had a scrum that went badly, right? And then yeah. they fixed that some other way. And then they just keep going and manage to turn it around. All of a sudden it makes the decision right again, right? So yeah. it's just that relentless kind of attitude to, to, to make it work, right? Whatever you've decided to do. Um, but I think it's a fair point. I think but if it, you had the decision yeah. again and you played them again, you might choose differently. But... I think at the time, I'm not sure there's anyone on the planet who would have who would have argued with what, what Leinster were doing. I thought it was the right thing to do. Mm. Um, I did as well, and yeah. I, like, and I certainly thought it at eighteen ten. Yeah, you know, and who yeah. could have anticipated Will Skelton would still be carrying like a madman in the 79th minute? Yeah, and I mean the kick, like you know, you talk about moments and going for it. Actually, there there's there's a moment um, that would explain it really well. Bryce Dulan's kick to the corner, you know. I mean, if anyone wants to watch what going for it is, that's what that is. That's I've practiced. I've I know I can kick the ball to five yards from the from the try line, and if I get this wrong, it's a scrum where I'm standing now. But I've practiced enough that I know that this is worth going for. And just because everything's at stake, is it's going to make me go for it more than it is, you know, shy out and go for the twenty-two. I mean, that was one of the kicks of the year. I mean, and it wasn't really mentioned much, I don't think, on the TV. I didn't hear it. Mm. But honestly, my heart sank when I saw where that ball went because I thought for a minute he'd actually overcooked it. And then it was it was, it was an amazing uh, 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 penalty. Or sorry, so that was a pe- from a penalty to the corner for, for a line-out. Um, so that was unbelievable, right? Yeah, no, that really they, was. They were, um, they were great. Yeah. And to me, tied into the atmosphere of, you know, seeing them going for poaches, it tied into the atmosphere of Dante throwing that pass. It really tied into, you know, lessons around how to win finals, which is, you know, you go for it. Um, you, you back your skill set, you know, and, 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 and you don't kind of, you know, half go for things. You, you go for all of it. Mm. Yeah, such an interesting point. I, I love that I learned more by winning as well than by losing. You, you, under, you understand some things winning as well. I, I want to ask about Gara before we go, but I just want one quick question was the parallels between the Leinster team and the Ireland team are obviously well drawn at this stage. And, and Rob McBride there talks about a, a fairly well ensconced uh, blueprint now as to how to take on Leinster. Uh, Keith Wood was on our morning show this week and he was saying that he's not overly upset that this defeat and a defeat of this manner happened a year out from the World Cup as opposed to if this had happened two, three months before World Cup. So can you talk to us about the ramifications for, for Ireland and how teams will take on Ireland X number of months out from a World Cup now. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the weaknesses in each of the World Cups I was involved in was, you know, um, just a, a, an ability, a, a lack of a kind of a, a real decisiveness about the plan and how we played miles out from the World Cup. And other teams were, you know, far more relaxed around how referees were approaching the game by the time September came around. Oh, you know, this is working, we'll try this, this is working, we'll try that. And we were very much caught on, you know, and unusually so, you know, we wouldn't have been like that in in the years leading up to that. So, you know, there's this pressure to define a way you're going to play and, a you know, a set of solutions you're going to have. I mean, my one, 
my one hope would be that we're actually adaptable when we get to the World Cup and that we are able to solve problems on the run and overcome mistakes that we make, um, you know, and have have game plans that work for, for each problem we face. And I think we are more than, you know, headed that way. Um, and I, I think that, you know, slowing down the ball is something, you know, that every team tries to do to everybody. Um, and if you if the team manages to do that to you, you're going to be in trouble, right? Because you're going to have to kick the ball and then it's just 50-50 stuff. So, you know, the, the, the answer back to that is, you know, you got to find ways of making sure you can keep quick ball, right? Um, you know, the team at this point, you'd say, you know, unless the game goes back to 2007, where it was the team to kick the most, Gary Owens won the World Cup nearly, you know, um, Defence is still going to be a huge part of it, right? Like the last World Cup was decided on defence as well. Um, so that has to be part of the plan, right? So if if part of the plan is, you know, you know that your your attack is going to come under pressure, you need a world-class defence that you can go to and force people to play. So, for example, you don't kick the ball out, you kick it long, you force them to either kick the ball out and give you a line-out or play back against you. Um, and then you bring them into a world where your defence is on top um, and that's another way of winning games, you know. Um, so I think, I just think we need to be adaptable and, and not make too many, you know, kind of firm identity, um, ide- like I suppose, firming up our identity too far out about what we are. I, what I what I hear, what I see, and I and I don't have any bigger insight than you or or, or anyone else. What I see coming from interviews or or on the pitches on the pitch, watching them play, is the you know a kind of you know, unstructured kind of, you know, we're ready for anything type of attitude coming up. And I love hearing that. Yeah. And I think that's what you need at a World Cup, right? But yeah. I do think that defence is a massive part of World Cup rugby. Um, and you just saw another team at the weekend win win another major trophy with defence. You've seen Sean Edwards for years, you know, deliver uh, with various teams on defence. Um, you know, so, you know, as pundits for the next 12 months, you might be doing everybody a favour if if we also keep an eye on that, right? And and keep an eye on those stats um, because it's important um, that that's, it's not all about attack and, and actually winning World Cups to date has been more around how good your defence is than, than the attack has been. Mm. So you've played against Ronan Nagara plenty of times. You've been in plenty of Irish camps with Ronan Nagara. Did you always think he was destined to be a coach of this calibre? Um... I don't know, right? You never know when you're playing with someone. Like when I was playing, it was always a thing of be wary of of players becoming coaches, right? And you just don't know. Um, you know, and and Raj as a player was, you know, so good at solving problems on his own sometimes that he didn't need to kind of, you know, get four people doing what he wanted them to do, right? So we had great ideas about how to play. Um, but he also might say, just give me the ball here, I'll sort this out, you know, and he'd put it on a sixpence and land it in the corner and everyone will move on, right? Um, but I think he, he, you know, he's got, he's got a, I think, you know, in France, one of the big things about playing rugby is, is you know, what's the why? So you have a front group of people in front of you on a Monday in France and they don't have, you know, and I mean, at club level, they don't have, you know, Irish camp at their fingertips if they play well this weekend in the URC or they don't have a pathway to, to you know, a Six Nations or, you know, they don't have that kind of clear why they're playing. In Ireland, you know, anyone who's come through the system is already extremely motivated. They kind of know what they want. They all want to play for Ireland. They know how to get there. The, the, the underage system is incredibly good at teaching them what's required so they can even make a, an informed decision about, do I want to give that much to my career or not? 
Um, so um, I think he would be very, very good at giving French players the why. I think he's someone you'll follow. I think he'll 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 um, you know be able to generate a, a really good emotional buy in from that group of players. Um, and he's clearly read the game really well, right? He, he's come up with a great defensive plan to nullify Leinster. Um, and, you know, and I think he's remembered probably, you know, the most important thing about when Munster played Leinster, which was, you know, if, if Munster didn't win the physical battle, well, if either team don't win the physical battle, it's, it's curtains, right? So, you know, and I, I'd been in both dressing rooms and I would say, you know, to call a spade a spade, it was more important in the always in the monster dressing room that that battle was won because otherwise you know the gap would be quite significant in my view right so once Leinster started winning physical battles in that regard you know look it, it, it swung heavily in Leinster's favor right um because they probably had you know a, a, a kind of a deeper um deeper pool of athletes and and you know top class players at that time but you know I think he brought that message right through at the weekend. I also think that Donica, Donica Ryan, you know, if you look at the concentration on those La Rochelle players' faces for their own ball and for Leinster ball at the weekend, it was, to me, a, a sea change from 12 months ago in terms of what they knew was at stake at every one of these lineouts. Um, and I think they had 100% or very close to it at the weekend. That's also massive. And, and Raj deciding to get Donica in and the two of them working together and you know, I heard Raj kind of talking about Donica and saying, you know, certain things about Donica's approach to the game near the Leinster line. And I just thought it sounded like Ronan was kind of, you know, identifying a, a part of the game where he thought Donica was strong and left him at it, right? Mm. Um, something that Leo's brilliant at, right? Where, where, where you know, the, just that kind of ability to delegate and, and let people get on with a job, which is really hard to do as a coach, right? Because the, the temptation is to, is to kind of get in, stuck in yourself and do everything yourself or... Um, you know, not to let coaches grow around you, but you know, I think they they it's, it was a real interesting, you know, interesting. I'm friends with both of them, um, so I was devastated for Leo at the weekend, obviously, um, and obviously, you know, very happy for Raj, right? Um, so it's it's uh, it's great they're both doing so well, um, and great for Irish rugby that we're now, you know, in a position where in foreign lands, you know, our our stock is going up and and desired. You know, we had you know, influences in Italian rugby for a long time as well. Um, and I think that's a good thing and should be celebrated, right? Um, you know, the temptation is to start comparing all the amazing coaches we have. But I think, cheapers, you know, it's great that 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 there's kind of a spread out happening now where you've got a few around, the, around, around um, actually, you know, showing up across outside of Ireland and delivering. Yeah, it sure is. Interesting times. Um, so this weekend, just to let people know, Ulster Munster is Friday, 7.35, and then Leinster have to pick themselves up and go again. Glasgow at the RDS, Saturday, 3.15, and that must be tough to do after the week they've had, but we'll uh, talk about that next week. Owen Redden, it's been great having you on. Our rugby coverage is with thanks to Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team, team of us, everyone in. Owen, thanks so much. That was fascinating. Great to have you on. Cheers, Joe. Wednesday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us